And I've just, I've just over time, like acknowledged that one thing I don't want my kids to say about me is like dad was on his phone all the time. My piece of advice would be if you're with your kids, do everything you can to put that thing face down and leave it. 10, 20 years from now, we're all going to look up and be thankful that we did that. And if we didn't, we're going to regret that we did that. Welcome to The Art of Fatherhood, a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood. Now here's your host, Art Eddy. What's going on, everybody? Art Eddy here for another edition of The Art of Fatherhood podcast. I'm very happy to have this gentleman. We're going to talk about music. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of things. Of course, we're going to be talking about fatherhood. It's none other than Corey Kent. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me, Corey. How you doing, sir? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. This is Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to chatting with you about your music and all the good stuff. And one of your songs is obviously means a lot to a lot of families, a lot of parents, a lot of single moms, also dads trying to be better and all that good stuff. So we're going to get that in a hot second. But for you, take me back. I know you got two kids. When you found out you're going to be a dad for the first time, what was going through your mind, sir? Man. Uh, So quick update. We have three now. Oh, Uh, congrats. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was, I was pretty young when we had our first, I was 20, I just turned 22. And so I think ignorance is bliss in that situation, right? Like, was I really even thinking? Probably not. You know, I remember being uh, scared to death, but also pretty confident in the fact that my wife and I just never tried to avoid having kids. We just, once we got married, we were like, all right, this is in God's timing. And And so because of that, I feel like we had this almost like this supernatural peace around it. You know, I had all the normal emotions of like, am I going to be a good dad? And am I going to be able to provide? But a lot of those were silenced by just knowing that this was bigger than us, right? Like the timing was perfect. Uh, We didn't choose it. Like God chose the timing. So I, I had a maybe abnormally peaceful experience on the first go around <laughs> uh and then the chaos set in once the baby arrived so there we go <laughs> nice man talk yeah. about some of the values you're looking you and your wife are looking to instill into your three kids as they're growing up oh man actually um i've been doing a lot of like deep diving on this recently there's a book called the intentional father that really encourages people to you know sit down and try to figure out okay what what do i want my family to be about and so a couple of the things is, you know, we, we value uh, truthfulness, uh, we value gratitude, um, we value humility, and, you know, among other things, but, and then forgiving when it's hard, and, and being able to ask for and offer forgiveness uh, when you don't want to. So those are, those are some of the, like, kind of core things that we've really focused in on, and I think if I could say one thing about our family that we have become really great at it is admitting when we as the parents are wrong in front of our kids and modeling that and uh now we're seeing our kids you know my my five-year-old daughter is walking up to my two and a half-year-old daughter and saying hey i'm sorry for hitting you in the head will you please forgive me i know that hurt like watching a five-year-old do that it's it's amazing right and it doesn't always happen that way they're still just smacking each other you know uh but but we're seeing that you know, because we're able to do that in front of them, we're seeing them start to do that as well. Oh, I love that. And yeah, what you said right there, just, oh man, such, I mean, I know you said it doesn't happen all the time, but a five-year-old going to, you know, her little sister, be like, Hey, I'm sorry. And the fact that you guys are leading that, you know, example of like, Hey, I'm sorry. Cause we always had that notion of like, 
our parents knew what's right, right? Like they're the ones like they, they, they're hundred percent right all the time. Right. But having the idea of like, no, man, everybody, everybody makes mistakes and you should be accountable for that. I think it's huge, especially in today's society, accountability. Love that. Um, Let's kind of flip the script. What is something that your kids have taught you about yourself or about life that maybe you didn't know was there until you became a dad and they kind of brought it out in the forefront? I mean, it's probably the same answer as most people. It's like you realize how selfish you are with your time. That's the that's just the immediate answer that pops into my head is is prior to them, even really even with being married, which granted, we were only married for like three months before we found out she was pregnant. So it's not like we had a ton of time to just be married. But even in that that season, it's you can kind of do what you want when you want with your time. And being truly selfless with your time is not an easy transition to, you know, when you're used to 20 something years or 30 something years of doing whatever you want. And then all of a sudden you've got, you've got a starting five at home and most of your time is, is revolving around what they need and what they want to do. That was a big transition. And then I would say ultimately like just thinking about other people, I really had a tough time doing, especially like the, what I do for a living being a musician, like I am the product that we are trying to sell and the service we're trying to sell. And so I think I was predispositioned to, or almost like programmed to maybe even more than the next person to be thinking about myself all the time. And so to be thoughtful and to think of, you know, I'm out on the road right now, I'm in Florida for three shows, three nights, and to try to be mentally aware of the needs of people that are a thousand miles away from me right now has been the biggest challenge, but also it's like the biggest thing that if I could fast forward 20, 30 years from now and say, Hey, what, what do I hope that I can say I was good at? It would be being selfless and thoughtful towards my family, right. Towards other people. And so it's sanctifying in that way. Um, it, it kind of forces your hand to be good at that. Like you have to find ways to be better. I love the self-awareness and just because, I mean, you're being honest, you're, you're band, right? You are singing, you're a musician, you got to promote yeah. you. And so all of you are trained, like, all right, how can I do this? How can I do this for me? How can I do this for my brand? Totally get it. And then you're like, Oh, wait a minute. There's other people. And the fact that you're also thinking about, you know, your family, you know, in another state like that, again, it just shows you like you are wanting to be that good dad. So I love it. And good yeah. husband. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, your song, man of the house, man, especially like the acoustic version, dude, like you get goosebumps when you listen to it. A lot of like, and because of, you know, you, you were raised by just your mom. Right. So a lot of things and a lot of people have, you know, if you look at the YouTube comments, people are like, thank you, whether it's a single mom or a, a person that grew up, with just a single parent, like, Hey, thank you. I'm not the, like you write music and people can relate to it. And you're and you, you create that sense of community and it's like Corey singing about what I felt or what I've experienced. So that's powerful. So it's kind of like a two-part question. What are some of the lessons you learned by being raised by your mom to be a better dad? And also how comforting is, is it to hear other people? Thank you for that song and kind of putting it in such a melodic and beautiful way the, the struggles that people have gone through that, you know, you went through? Yeah. Um, great questions. Uh, first off, I mean, the, I would say, you know, obviously you learn a lot just being in the situation that my mom and I were in, we got very close. And I think really what it forced me to do, uh, 
which I'm, I'm grateful for is it, it forced me to become great at what I would call acts of service. Like I really, there was a lot of responsibility that, you know, maybe the normal kid doesn't have, but like we were running a house, right? It was just me and her. So it's like, you know, what, what six-year-old boy do you know that's like vacuuming the floors? Like it, it just, it had to get done. My mom didn't have the capacity to do everything. So she was like, Hey, can you do this? Great. Got it. So just stacking those kind of responsibilities on top. And now I feel like, um, you know, running, running our own household, those things are kind of second nature. And, um, you know, definitely nobody's ever perfect in those, in those, you know, menial tasks. But I think that if I could like kind of wrap it up is like initiative, it just gives you initiative. When you see that something needs to be done, you just do it. And it it shouldn't be a, a, doing it out of, you know, a hope to be appreciated. It's just like, that's part of the gig. Right. And I think I learned that at a young age. And then, um, as far as it goes, when it, people relating to this song has been amazing. I did not expect the response to this song that we got. It was actually never supposed to be released. Um, one of the people on my team on my, uh, record label was like, Hey, this is actually my story. I heard the demo that you turned in this is how I felt. I connect with this in a big way. Can we tease it to your fans to see if other people react the same way? And so we did, it was just a demo teased it. It got viewed like four or 5 million times. People start responding with their life stories, right? We didn't say anything. We just said, Hey, here's a song I just wrote. People comment three or four paragraphs about how they lost their dad when they were a kid and and they grew up too fast and they, but it made them into the man they are today. And then you know, single moms going, Hey, I bet this is how my son feels right now in this very moment. It was, it was powerful. I, I feel um, like it was something that I never really dealt with as a kid. I was never able to put it to words how I felt. And it was kind of therapeutic writing this song and to see so many people go, Hey, I felt the exact same way. And I've never heard anybody speak it. Yeah. I think that's why this song has had such a deep like profound impact on people is because so many people have have lived what i'm talking about they've lived what i've lived and they felt how i felt but they've never put that to words and uh yeah i I remember having to step away multiple times during the during the process of writing this song because i was tearing up i was having to regather myself and walk out of the room and come back in i've never had that experience uh just it's just a real guy writing about his real life and other people going, Hey, I feel that way too. Uh, it's been, it's been amazing. And I, I hope it's encouraging people, you know, single moms that, that are raising these boys. I hope it's encouraging them to, you know, not feel, not feel guilty about the situation that they're in, but to acknowledge that they are raising these, like the next generation of men and they're uh, they've got a big responsibility and those boys have a big responsibility and, uh, it's better for the whole world if they step up, you know, it's, I think it's a cool thing. I think it should be encouraging, not like a, you know, uh, a self-pity kind of song. I think it's a real, you know, this is how a lot of men are formed and it might not be the ideal way, but it's how a lot of people are are going through life right now. No doubt, man. Yeah. I and mean, thank you very much for sharing that. And also too, like, it, it's crazy. You, I mean, you know, this man, like, I'm preaching the choir, like how songs can connect and how music can kind of talk, give a story and people can relate to it in a different way than someone just doing a Ted talk or something. Not not like not knocking Ted talks, but there's something that 
the way that you wrote it. And another thing too, is like, I think kids can kind of sniff out if people are being fake. Right. And your song is authentic. And that's another thing where you and your, you know, you and your wife, and especially with your music, man, it just seems like you just, what, what you live in a daily life or what maybe goes through your head, like you're sharing. Yeah. There's going to be some fun songs. There's going to be some things here and there, but when it comes down to it, you're making music that you can relate to and that you feel. And that's why probably people love your music so much. And people like, mm. you know, people check your concerts out because it's like, Corey's real. And I think that's just another thing where like you can see like when kids are like, hey, I don't know about that person. Cause they're like, almost like, how's your day today? Who are you? Like, and they're like, okay, yeah. the baby talk and like authentic, authenticity is huge. And that can't came through in the song, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. That's definitely one of like the pillars that we've built our brand on is we want, we want to be authentic. Right. Um, and I do think that's like a, a part of creating great art is part of being a great artist is sharing how you see the world unfiltered. Right. Uh, and so I think a lot of people or maybe the music industry at large has has uh gotten away from that but there's still a lot of people doing it really well um and that's the, my, my favorite artists do that well so thank you for saying that I, I strive to be that um yeah and I think you're right kids can sense it a mile away especially like my little brother is uh 15 my little sister's 14 uh, my mom got remarried and uh and started a family and and that generation I think they might have a better bs detector than almost anybody you know and i don't get a lot of what they're into but i do appreciate you know what they're gravitating towards music wise is always raw and it's always unfiltered and it's just it's just real and i think it's i think it's pretty cool you know 10 years ago it was all you know dubstep and synth and weird i never got into it but now it's like okay a guy in his guitar can go viral that's pretty cool you know uh (laughs) So anyway, for what it's worth, they got a good BS detector. Love it. Uh, one more question before I kind of even like we were talking about music, more into it in a second, yeah. but I think you're perfect for this dad hack or piece of advice for new dads. Listen to this. Like for me, a dad, hack, I always tell people like, no matter where you go, always check the diaper bag because you don't want to be that one Ooh. place where you're stranded. You don't have nothing. Right. So like dad hack or a piece of advice to new dads, what would it be? Oh man. There's a lot that's going through my mind right now. <laughs> Um, dad hacker piece of advice. I would say, uh, this is something that I'm working on, you know, cause a lot of my business and my, my career, uh, requires me to be on my phone. And I've just, I've just over time, like acknowledged that one thing I don't want my kids to say about me is like, dad was on his phone all the time. So my piece of advice would be if you're with your kids, do everything you can to put that thing face down and leave it. And, uh, I think that, 10, 20 years from now, we're all going to look up and be thankful that we did that. And if we didn't, we're going to regret that we didn't do that. So that's my, my one piece in a, in a cell phone crazed world. Try to put your phone down. It's tough. We've all been like, oh, I got to check that email. There's a ding, but like, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an impossible, it's an impossible, you know, pursuit, but it's worthy. Like it's, it's worth pursuing, you know? No doubt. Talk a little bit about like what inspired you down the music path. And, you know, was there a mo- moment or a couple of like songs or something that sparked your interest? And then you went down that music path. Yeah, I grew up playing music uh, as a kid, really. Um, eight years old, grabbed a guitar, started learning it. By 11, uh, I had the opportunity to 
be a front man, like a lead singer in, in a Western swing band, which is like what Willie Nelson grew up playing old timey country. And I, I did that not because I love the music or I knew anything about it, but because I found out if I did this, I could make money playing music. I didn't know that was a thing. So I started doing that. We went on the road with the Oak Ridge boys and Roy Clark and a bunch of country legends. Yeah. And I had no idea what I was doing. Like I, I didn't even realize the gravity of the situations that I was in. Um, but I got a lot of stage time. I got, I got my 10,000 hours before I got my license. Right. Like it was, I, I was on stage performing and singing and playing all the time. And, uh, you know, 16, I get my license. Uh, the band has kind of dissolved. Everybody went to college and I was the youngest in the band and Willie Nelson came through town and I scout the ticket super long story you can see the video on youtube but i ended up on stage with willie that night and i sang a song uh, a song that my band used to play and that was the night i was at this crossroads of do i just go back to being a normal kid graduate high school go to college do the normal thing or do i restart in music because i know how long this this last five years i know how hard it's been to build something do i really want to restart that and that night happened and you know I, I performed with Willie and I got to meet him and the band and and it just was like God was going hey if, if you were thinking about hopping out I'm telling you there's something here and so that was the the kind of thing that re reset my my pursuit of music and a year later graduated high school a year early moved to Nashville started writing songs met everybody I could and you know, things started to snowball. Uh, I mean, it took, uh, I'm 28 now, so it's only taken, you know, 10, 11 years from that moment when I moved to Tennessee. I live in Texas now. There's been a lot of ups and downs. I worked for a pavement company 18 months ago, and now we have a top 10 song on the radio. Like, it's been crazy ups and downs. But uh, yeah, I would kind of attribute that moment with Willie Nelson as the kind of the turning point to go, okay, I'm all in. Let's go do this. Yeah. And there's kind of been the Northern light. It's like, Hey, if Willie, if Willie gave me a chance and thought I was good enough to, you know, let me sing that whole song, then we've got something here. It's worth pursuing. And uh, yeah, there's nobody in in my book musically. I, I mean, I, I don't really see anybody that can surpass what Willie's accomplished. So a vote of confidence from that guy meant a lot. No doubt, man. And again, like I mentioned earlier, I thank you for being raw and just being open and honest like you could have been like, yeah, everything's like sunshine and rainbows. But the fact that, you know, a lot, especially nowadays, there are going to be talented people. Maybe they pop, some, pop something on YouTube or they go viral for some type of video and it's like, boom. And then like someone's like this guy or this person's got charisma, right? You showed like how many years you were working in the band, they dissolved and you're still doing the thing. Got that like side from Willie Nelson and God love that. And then you're like 18 months, I was working pavement. Like people don't see the hard work and everything, the blood, sweat, and tears. Like, I mean, it sounds cliche, but they don't see everything that goes into it. Cause everything now seems like an overnight success. Right. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and so for you to like, that's another, I feel like another great lesson that you and your wife can share with your kids being like, not everything is going to be uh, in on the mountain top. You're going to be in the Valley and you got to dig out the Valley and that will make you a stronger person. Right. Absolutely. Oh, they're going to, they're going to see it firsthand. And yeah, in the music world, I think, we all know within our little, you know, sphere uh, that nothing happens overnight in this industry. Um, 
And if it does, it usually fizzles out as fast as it arrived. And so the slow burn is usually the the path to, you know, sustainable success. And so while it, while I wish it would have happened when I was 17 and I moved to town right then and, you know, <laughs> I've been able, the slow burn of building this thing has one, I think built a lot of character. It's helped me surround myself with people, the right teammates to build this thing with. And, you know, I have my best friends all, everybody's pretty much from Oklahoma, all my best friends on the road and it's a family atmosphere. It's not just hired people here for a paycheck. Uh, granted, they, they like getting paychecks, but um <laughs> You know, it's a different environment that you get to build with the slow, the slow build. Uh, And then the other thing that I will say is one of the things that I'm really excited about instilling in my kids is an entrepreneurial mindset, because really, at the end of the day, that's what this is. It's uh, owning your own business. And I've owned multiple businesses and failed in some and succeeded in others and sold some. And what my my thing is going to be with them is the odds are stacked against you and they might be astronomical. I mean, the the odds of being on a major label are less than making it to the NBA. Like there's even fewer of us. That's crazy. Making music professionally than there are people playing professional basketball, which is a small amount of the population as it is. Just somebody, let me just say something. Cause like that just blew my mind as a sports fan. Like you see like the uh, March madness commercial. And it's always like, so many thousand athletes play college and only like so much percentage, you know, go into the NBA or go professionally. And you just blew my mind, man. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, there's on country radio, there's 40 songs on the radio. You have to be one of 40 people. And a lot of times there's people like Morgan Wallen or Luke Combs that have two or three up there. So <laughs> then you're talking about maybe 25, 30 people. Yeah. You're trying to become one of 30 in the world. The odds are not in your favor, but what I was going to say is what I want to instill in my kids is somebody made it. Somebody beat the odds and somebody has to, otherwise there wouldn't be any odds. So why not you? Right. And that's not just going to be me talking. I'm not, you know, sitting at my desk after I decided to not chase my dream. I'm telling you that from firsthand experience, whether I made it or not, I went for it. Yeah. And somebody who goes for it is going to get there. And the person that never goes for it will never get there. And I'm telling you this because I lived it. And if I did it, you can definitely do it. I'm so excited to, you know, my kids are way too young to even grasp that concept, but I'm excited to be able to, you know, point at my own life and go, look, there's nothing inherently special about me. I just went for it and I I worked hard at it. And eventually I got an opportunity and I was ready for it. And you can do that. And whatever, field you're you're you know passionate about no doubt man two more questions before the father quick five and also too like i I think you know just the idea of you can tell them how much initiative you had at like you know you said six years old helping your mom out man like initiative is like part is a key part to like making sure you're successful especially being an entrepreneur so i dig that i'm guessing you know whether your family or just life or just experience like makes like a song idea pops in your head what's your creative process like is it different for each song, different album? Or is it like, do you like, if you're hanging out with the family, all of a sudden you're like, like, okay, I could write about this. Or like quickly type a note in your phone and you'll like come back to it and like, you know, the next day, like what is your creative process like? I always love talking to creative people and just kind of finding out what their process yeah. is. I I think it's, I mean, it's, it's evolving for me, you know, especially having kids the age that I have them and they're all pretty close together and 
my my free mental space to think about new song ideas is not as abundant as it used to be. Uh, so I really, now I have to carve out time to write songs. I really do. But my mind never really shuts off in terms of gathering ideas. So I do have, you know, a section in my phone. I use this app called Evernote and it just, you know, populates all my notes across all my devices. And, and I can just, you know, in a moment, in a conversation with you, you say something that I think, you know, could be something I, my brain is kind of always in that, in that mode to write down the idea, but then I table it for a time where I can sit down and elaborate and expand on it. That's kind of the the norm right now. I, I fly in a couple of my friends, um, my co-writers a couple times a year to Texas. They're most of them live in Nashville and I, I bring them out to Texas and we, for a week, do nothing but write songs. And I go home at, you know, the end of the day, like a normal work day, uh, you know, start at nine into five and we're just writing as much as we can in those times. That's what the process looks like now. But prior to living in Texas, prior to having kids, it was five days a week, as many songs as you could possibly write. Um, I wrote thousands of songs and I think just like anything, repetition is what and consistency is what's going to create greatness in that. And then you can get to a point where you've got your reps in right now. You're in now you're 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 no longer writing bad songs. You're writing good songs and you're trying to get the occasional great song. So now I really feel like my time is better spent uh, not writing just good songs because the world is full of those and they don't really ever become anything more than just another song. But writing great songs, waiting for the right idea with the right people uh, and kind of quality over quantity at this point, Um, especially with just, you know, I want to be allocating uh, the right amount of time to being a family man and to being on the road and to writing. And there's a little more balance that has to take place now. So I'm more quality over quantity now, but there was a season where it was all about quantity, just get your reps in, become great at what you do. And the only way to do that is, do it over and over and over. So I'd say it's evolving and it's probably going to evolve as my kids get older and I might have a little more free time, you know, when they, when they go to school or whatever. Um, I think it's just a, a constantly changing process. Nice. That sweet spot of elementary school is going to be great where you can get stuff done. Then middle school and high school. Oof, buckle up, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. How old are it's, your kids, by the way? It's not like it's not going to be like their attitudes or whatever. I feel like especially no matter what, like, you know, just stereotypes, right? Like, oh, high school teenager, here we go. It's like they'll be okay if you just talk to them, right? Because everyone's like, I can't imagine what you're like, like in your house are because you got two daughters and a wife. I'm like, no, it's just like, don't buy into the stereotype. I'm just talking about like you become the dad Uber. It's like different yeah. plays and musicals and sports that they're into. And you're like, where do I find the time? So yeah, just let me know. Get your writing in when they're in elementary. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. How old are they now, by the way? You're 14 kids. and 12. Okay. Yeah, you're in the in the thick of playing dad taxi for sure. <laughs> but that's, that's awesome. another great reason where you can like dad taxi is another tip for like dads. One on one time, the phones are down. You can just talk about whatever and you have a free space and it's just it's great. Oh, so that's yeah. another thing. Um for you, like especially, you know, from a young age to now. Do you feel like when you talk to other, like obviously Willie Nelson and other people, like I feel like the the music world evolves quicker than ever now, obviously with technology. 
how do you kind of stay like with the technology and with the evolution? I know you all want to be authentic and you don't want to like follow trends. I'm not saying that, but like just the idea of distribution and how things are being digested and all that stuff. Do you feel like it's like, instead of like maybe a year change and then like all of a sudden it's like six months, things are changing. Do you just feel like everything is like just getting quicker and quicker? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd say the biggest obstacle uh, and really like the, the biggest opportunity um, that musicians have is on social media and it's the thing that changes the quickest. So it's really hard to keep up with. I don't love it. Um, most, most musicians I know don't love it. Uh, at least the, the guys that I would consider like really true artists, uh, they, they almost feel it's a necessary evil to the, those kind of people. Um, but I think that you can be one of two ways about it. You can be, you know, all negative about it and just completely say, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm too, I'm above that. Or you can find a way to embrace it in a, in a way that isn't gimmicky, isn't compromising who you are, or your brand, but that is the hardest route. It's the, the easy, the two easy routes are, I'm never going to mess with it or I'm just going to do what everyone else does because that's easy, right? Like those are the, the options. The hard one is, okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it in my way. And it's going to take longer to catch on. And it might not ever be the most viral, successful way to do this, but at least I can sleep at night knowing I'm not faking who I am. Right. And that is so tough and it is a grind and I wrestle with it every day. And I wish TikTok didn't exist because of that, <laughs> but it's honestly been the biggest driving factor over the last couple of years if tiktok didn't exist i don't have a number 10 or top 10 song on the radio right now um and because of that you have to find a way to embrace it but you can't give up who you are in the in the middle of it and and that goes for everything across the board uh whatever industry you're in like times are always going to change technology is going to change the the most powerful tool is going to change every couple of years and you have to find ways to embrace it but, you know, kind of keep your, keep your heading, so to speak, right? Like you got to keep going in the same direction and just gather these tools and bring them into your operation as you go. And when they stop working, you, great. Oh, you know, if, if TikTok gets banned in the U.S., then all of us are going to have to shift to something else, right? We're going to, whatever that next thing is, and then you restart. But um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing, man. It's, it's not something that I, I love about the music industry, but I also, you got to go to where the fans are. And right now that's where the majority of music listeners are. No doubt, man. You probably get this a lot, but like, I feel like at 28, man, you have that old soul mentality and you can look at things from a rear view instead of like, I'm not saying like, I, I actually, I, like you said about the generation, like our kids, like the best BS, you know, um, monitors and all that stuff. But I feel like for you, you're able to, at your age, man, look at certain things in a way that, has people like in their forties wishing they could look at. So I love that. Um, oh man. Thanks for that. Well, I, I do feel like I, I said this just the other day. It's like, man, I, if, if this was my time, right? Like if I, if this was my time to move on from this life, I have lived a lot of life in 28 years. Like I've, I've gotten to do and see a lot of things that I've gotten across a lot of things off the bucket list and I've gotten to be married and have kids and build relationships with them. And so I, I feel like even though I'm only 28, I feel like I've lived 40 years of life. Even though I don't have the wisdom of a 40-year-old, I feel like I have the 
I rest, think you do. You know, I think uh, you do. <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, if you think that, then I'm I might have oversold myself on the interview. But uh, no, 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 no. You're great. No, you're 43. Man. I'm I'm 43, and like I feel like, dude, like you just have like just the same perspective I have now. I wish I had your perspective at your age than I like when I when I was your age, man. It's just it's it's great. Uh, um, thanks, dude. No problem. Father, quick five, and this is probably maybe. Maybe for your, your, your two oldest, because sometimes it's really hard to get everybody to see, you know, watch a movie together. But favorite family movie, if it's not a movie, like a TV show you guys like to watch together. Yeah, funny enough, uh, my oldest daughter is obsessed with the movie Cheaper by the Dozen. <laughs> and that movie is awesome. Like Steve Martin is hilarious. And so it's actually a great, you know, all of uh, our youngest, is, our, our little boy's one. So clearly he doesn't really care. He's usually <laughs> asleep by, by movie time. Uh, but our girls love that movie and there's a lot of fun life lessons in that movie. So it's, I could have thought of a lot worse, you know, more uh, painful movies to sit through, but that was a pretty good choice. Sweet. This kind of hits your wheelhouse. Favorite family song or artist you couldn't wait to introduce your kids to. Ooh, um, right now playing in our house all the time is this song called, called I'm so blessed by Kane. Uh, and it's, it's a Christian trio, like a Christian music trio. Uh, but regardless of whether you are into Christian music or not, which I wouldn't really consider our family like super hip on what's going on on Christian radio. Uh, that song, it slaps. It is awesome. And uh, we just like, yeah, there's there's days we had like a full on dance party. My wife was, uh, she had helped a friend like in labor and delivery for like 30 something hours. And so she was down for the count when she got home she was sleeping and me and the kids are just in the living room i'm like making pbjs and just jam into this song having a dance party and like my oldest is making pbjs and just getting stuff everywhere so i we have some good memories you know that we're making to that song right now it's fun such a dad moment right there I oh love it. well done man no the doubt fact that you're like we're having a dance party i'm making pbjs is like yeah okay like, that should be a norman rockwell <laughs> picture right? yeah like, yeah <laughs> Well, honestly, it's like all that I was, I was like, all these kids are hungry after this school thing. You know, I got to figure out PBJ is about my, my cooking expertise level, you know? So that's what it was. Describe the perfect family vacation. Where would it be? Oh man. I think for my wife and I, um, vacation is a place uh, that you don't have to think about. Like you don't have to make a lot of decisions. You don't have to contemplate too much so there's a place that we went actually for our honeymoon that we've been back to once and we want to take our kids uh it's a place in jamaica it's um it's super there's like an adult side and there's a family side and we have never been to the family side but you know everything's all inclusive you don't have to go anywhere you just walk around for seven days and walk into whatever restaurant and there's like a beach area uh, so I would say that's probably ideal for us. But what we do actually consistently um, is we go to Orange Beach, Alabama, where uh, my wife's family has had a condo for 20, 30 years. Nice. And it's just right. It's super simple, really small, uh, right on the beach, like first floor, you just walk out to the beach. And again, you just it's low maintenance. You don't have to load the kids up in a car and drive them somewhere to get, you know, like skiing would be a nightmare right now even though i love snow skiing um but just whatever's the lowest maintenance and you can get them to the attraction as quick as possible that's the vacation that's the ideal vacation right now 
you know. The fact that you don't have to lug everything on the beach, right. you just go right there. I love it. And there's so many. I'm guessing there's a ton. But if there's someone right now, like on the tip top of that list that you'd love to do a song with or work on a project with, who would it be? I think at the at the you could ask me this question next week and it might change. But <laughs> right now, seeing as you know the the impact that Willie's had on my career and the fact that there's no telling how long I would have the opportunity to do something with him. I would probably put him at the top of the list. Outside of that, uh, my favorite country artist is Eric Church. So that would be a, a dream, you know, collaboration. Nice. Great. Yeah, next week it might be different. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And lastly, top three words you hope your kids would use to describe you as a dad. What would you want them to be? Oh, man, I got a lot of work to do to make these true. But intentional being nice. one of them. I would say grateful. Nice. Last one. I think this is this covers a lot of, of other ones that I would say. So integrity, um, nice. doing what you say you're going to do, following through, making the right choice when the wrong choice might be better, feel better, you know? Um, so yeah, those are my, those would be my three. Love a great three words right there. People make sure you follow Corey on Twitter and Instagram at Corey Kent, maybe on TikTok too, if he does stuff there. <laughs> I definitely do. And go to uh, his website, CoreyKenOfficial.com. I know you like, again, you're on the road. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, love, love your thoughts on father and the way you look at it, man. I, I know that you and uh, your wife are blessed with three kids, but um, I wish you and your family continued success, but this has been a blast, man. Thank you, brother. Yeah, we got a long way to go. We're all in it together. So if, uh, hopefully somebody somewhere gained something from this. Uh, but uh, thank you for having me on. This has been awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks for checking out this week's edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And also go to artoffatherhood.net. You can have a chance to check out some great articles like the weekly Dad's Doing It Right column, the Collector of the Week, and many more. Plus, you have a chance to win some very cool prizes like video games, collectibles, all that good stuff. Go to artoffatherhood.net. And please make sure you rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts because I'll greatly appreciate it to get the word out on the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to artoffatherhood.net.